This episode is brought to you by Sound Mixology. If you're looking for mixing or mastering services, I personally know a great audio engineer. Head over to soundmixology.com where you can easily request free samples or services. Use promo code BACKONBEAT for 20% off. That's B-A-C-K-O-N-B-E-A-T for 20% off. Let's start the show. All right, so I think we left off on Pretty Eyes. <laughs> pretty Eyes? <laughs> yeah. You're listening to the Back on Beat Podcast. Producer and strategy coach Gerald Purify will help you evaluate your current situation and help you build strategies for the changes needed as a musicpreneur. Designed to help you build a clear plan, help you focus on what's important, and overall, explore the tools you need for success. Let's get back on beat. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Back on Beat. I want to say that last episode, we had such an amazing turnout with people flooding us with comments that we decided to do a part two. So we're going to get right into this. Let's go. All right, so I think we left off on Pretty Eyes. <laughs> pretty eyes? <laughs> yeah. Um, but as we try to get a little bit more personal, I guess the question is, what is a situation personal to you where you had to create an opportunity for yourself? Give, like, the steps of what you did and then the outcome of what came about. Um, when I was first applying to the Poly Music Program, um, I spent a year kind of like displaced from playing guitar in a school setting so i'd just been kind of like playing guitar in the dorms and hanging out and having fun and i wasn't like used to reading music like the way i was before and i signed up to audition for the poly jazz band and i had like gone out drinking the night before and I was like kind of hung over and I showed up and I hadn't been practicing and I thought I could just kind of like wing it from uh just like my where I was at in high school and everything and I just like totally blew it I totally blew the audition and I like knew it I would just like had finished and I was just like man I I played really bad <laughs> And I was just went home. I had this like pit in my stomach, but I was just like, "All right, fine, whatever." And I saw the next day the roster came out, and I wasn't on the list. Mm-hmm. And it was my first time just like not making a list. Like making every list yeah. I've ever needed to make, I've made. Whether mm-hmm. it be like I barely made varsity polo in high school, but I still made it. So I was distraught. I was like, couldn't hold it in. Just like. Eventually, I went into the office hours and talked to the um, to the director and was just like, what what did I do? What can I do better? And he was just like, <laughs> like yeah, you just like need to, to read the music and like like just play better. Yeah. Just kind of like yeah. pretty pretty honest, but like blunt. And I was like, okay, well, 
what can I do to do that? Like, like I need to take this step. I want to be in the jazz band. I want to pass the audition. What do I need to do? And he proposed to let me sit in on the jazz two band mm-hmm. and like I could go in and I could do my homework and I can ju- could kind of just be there and show up. Mm-hmm. Um, just show face and just listen. show face, listen, show that like I'm, I don't know, present and that like I want it. Mm-hmm. So for that entire first quarter, I wasn't in jazz band, but I showed up to jazz band every day. Mm-hmm. I just sat in the back. I did my homework. I listened for a year, for for a quarter. Okay, yeah, <laughs> a year would be a year would be. Crazy. I was like, you really? I don't know jazz if band. I had the patience for that, but I had the time in my schedule because I'd put it in my schedule. I was mm-hmm. planning on making the band, and I was like, I'll just show up. I'll listen, and they do a fall audition and uh like winter audition mm-hmm. for like the second half of the year so i spent that whole like three months working on an audition just like like i'm gonna work on this every day because mm-hmm. i was just so embarrassed from not making it the first time the yeah. first time and i knew like i didn't show my best foot so i showed up every day and i worked on that audition and when the time came around for that second audition I beat out the kid that had beaten me out in the fall. Mm-hmm. Which you probably could have. Which I time. which I could have the first time if I had been a little more uh, responsible, which <clears> is yeah. something I've definitely learned through trial and error. Yeah. Of course, as we all do, but especially musicians. Um, but I was so ecstatic when I saw that email that was just like, you made the... the because I, I had gotten into the combo. I kicked him out of his combo. And so, um, but he let him keep the the jazz band spot. So mm. I like, the combos were the ones that got the gigs. So okay. that got me playing like some gigs outside of the school. And that's where I really started gigging at Poly. But I was just so like, I, one, believed in myself. Two, I showed up. Mm-hmm. And those two things got me that spot that i wanted yeah and it just took like three months of consistently doing that and preparing yourself to show up yeah yeah isn't it crazy how like it seems like in the midst of those three months it seems like it's like eternity oh yeah you know when you're not doing or getting what you want but you're happy you're trying to get it yeah Yeah. it just seems like forever and then like you look back (laughs) and you're like i blinked my eyes and it was like right done you know right that's crazy man that's dope it totally feels like one of those '80s movies when they're like, they have to ski the big like competition or whatever, and there's that montage where you're just like, <laughs> like skiing back and forth, and it's cutting from song to song. Yeah. That's and what that's it's like. X I'm sitting in the practice room, passed. just like do 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 do, like it's showing your hair grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but that's pretty cool. Yeah, you wanted it, and you and you went and got it, and you knew that you could. <clears throat> get where you want to be you just had to apply yourself i believed i could achieve the thing i wanted to achieve Mm -hmm. i put in the work that was necessary like i I planned out like if i want this how can i get it Mm. i daily put in a little piece because it doesn't happen all overnight you can't cram procrastinate practice an audition like that right you kind of have to start like taking chunk by chunk And so if I could get 
eight bars of giant steps a week, which is literally, I was transcribing, I, I did giant steps for that audition because I was like, if I can nail giant steps, he can't, he say, can't no. say no. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was literally eight bars at like half speed a week. Mm. And then I would add another eight bars. And then by the end of it, I had the whole chorus at full speed. And but it was literally just like a snail process that you got to just like believe in. Mm-hmm. That's yep. real. About you. Um, so creating my own opportunity for self. So likewise, I had already started gigging in Nashville and playing music there. And um, I had a regular job before gigging, but started integrating gigging into my life and then got to a point where I was like, OK, I don't think I need this job at the front desk of the hotel anymore i feel like music like i can really dive into this and do this so i was doing that in nashville for maybe like four years and then moved to los angeles for just changing scenery and like different opportunity mostly to be in the sun and by was the there week. anything that like drew you to los angeles yeah. yeah so i was actually home in ohio like during the fourth of july talking to a, a good friend of mine that i went to high school with and he was like dante he's like you got the look you got the talent why don't you live in la and i was like hmm why, why don't I live in LA, you know? Um, and I actually played, we were talking about football and sports earlier. I played middle school football and like track and with him. Good friend, but he was like, you can move in with me. So I moved in downtown Los Angeles with him, right? Like, I mean, I could walk to the metro station in like five minutes. Um, so I was really just able to like kind of get everywhere and start networking and try to make things happen, you know, and start gigging in LA the way that I was gigging in Nashville. But I get here and I'm like going to the different open mics and I'm trying to connect with people and I am connecting with people, but I'm not really getting any gigs, you know, like I'm trying to like make some money playing music and it's not really happening, you know, Um, and some time passes and gigs still aren't coming, you know, and I'm doing the same thing that I was doing in Nashville. Like I'm going to different places and meeting people and yada, yada. But a lot of these people are like, well, who do you know? And like, who, who, who did you work with? You know? Um, and I didn't have answers that they wanted to hear, I guess, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. really, I yeah. hadn't worked with anybody that they knew or whatnot. Um, I had been sending emails out to pretty much every place in Los Angeles here, there, wherever, like inquiring, like, yo, I do this. Here's a video of this. Here's pictures of me doing this, you know, um, kind of sending out an electronic press kit wasn't working. I took it upon myself to, um, create an agent that would represent me um, to make it seem like you were bigger than I was. Yeah, yeah. bigger than I was, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I was sending all of the same material to these places, the same videos, the same photos, almost the same phrasing of what I'm saying in these emails, except I'm saying he talking about myself instead of I. And then some of these places that I literally sent Two emails to one from me, one as my agent, Trevor Byers. Um, <laughs> they're starting to get back to me about getting me gigs. And it was just like, wow, this is really just kind of like that kind of town where like they want to feel like you are somebody. You know what I mean? Because like what I'm showing them is the same. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same as what I was sending them the first time, you know. But I started picking up gigs in L.A., but it still just wasn't that wasn't. I don't want to live my whole career or like life faking to be someone, you know, I ended, I had a, another friend that was living here in San Luis Obispo 
and he had heard about, you know, I told him about how difficult of a time I was having in Los Angeles. And he was like, well, why don't you come check it out here? Um, you know, like I live here and it was kind of the same thing that brought me to Los Angeles. I had a friend that was living here and I came in. My first gig was actually where we're sitting right now at Slowby Rock, um, out there in front of the rock. Um, Johnny Kenny hired me at the time. I had sent some stuff in. He was like, oh, you'd be perfect for this. You know, yeah, so I yeah. came in and this was my first gig and it <clears throat> paid way better than any gig I had gotten the entire time I was in Los Angeles. I went to the farmer's market downtown slow, like when I got off the train for the first time and I was like, I like this place, you know, but me creating the opportunity for myself was me creating an agent to represent myself, you yeah. know, and a market that I quite figure out at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. It sounds like the opportunities, like even for myself is all stem from a problem and yeah. we need a solution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so even in my case, I, I hate like, sitting with nothing to do mm -hmm. or without having any gigs you know and yeah, so right. now that i see like i mean at times i was like i wish that like i would have picked up the guitar you know like i'm a hobby guitarist so like i'm yeah. not really that versed mm -hmm. but um i bet you got some chords in you. yeah i mean i play chords yeah, I mean, nice. yeah but um yeah it just seems like it's so much easier for like oh i'm gonna go do this uh acoustic gig or this whatever do or whatever you know and it's easier to fit versus like drums so i'm thinking like right, right how right, do right. i make something that i can do so i can like for one get start playing more consistently and then also make some money get my name out there even more mm -hmm. you know and so then i thought like every time i've gone to farmer's market it's been like to play for a church play for my parents play right, for a right. band whatever and I thought, like, I, I started DJing and I started seeing, like, how people, like, react to the music that they love and when they request music and then what they do. Right. So I'm thinking, like, okay, there's got to be something to this. Like, if I can take popular music that people like and have fun, mm -hmm. and then what if I can, like, play drums over it? And then that's how I came up with Groove Thursday. Right, nice, yeah. yeah. Um, and so from Groove Thursday, that was cool because nobody in this area was doing, was doing that, it, yeah. you know? Um, and so that brought more opportunities as well, um, to come in DJing. So like the concept was for me, cause there's other bands that asked me like, how are you getting this crowd and how are you, you know, doing what you're doing? And the key for me was, which this is another topic, um, uh, originals versus covers, you know what yeah. I mean? That's, mm -hmm. that's a whole nother topic, but my thought was I'm going to play the music that people are familiar with and what mm -hmm. they know. And then they're going to come up and talk to me. And then that's when I'll be able to send them or tell them Your what own I message. do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that has, that's usually how it works. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely been a, a big thing for me. So mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. All right. So moving on, uh, there's something that we all have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we like come together and mm -hmm. that's obviously the vibe setters. We don't have the full band here, so not yet. We're not gonna talk about <laughs> like the band per se, but I do wanna get um kind of the insight on how um the opportunity came about for all of us to be a part mm -hmm. of the vibe setters. And I guess we should start with the lead singer, so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Um, I mean, I had, you know, been doing my thing and playing music and P 
people for a while were saying, you know, you need to get a band together. And I've had that feeling as well, too. Like, I, the more people you can get, you know, it's kind of just like the more uh, noise you can get uh, make, you know, and uh, energy that you can create. You know, you can only create so much energy by yourself. So I started going to the Frog and Peach Open Jam, which you guys hosted with <coughs> Silk Ocean for quite some time. Yeah. Um, I think... Tuan and like Noak might have been maybe been and James Gallardo might have been hosting mm-hmm. it when I was going a bit but I met you down there Gerald yeah. and that's when we played for the first time and when you're playing at an open jam like that you're probably playing covers because other people know the songs and you can just kind of like right. jam on knowing those songs and we played I think some prints together and um, some originals as well too but it just like certain people you play with them and it just makes sense you know like i remember you playing drums to my songs and i was like this is what the drums to my songs is supposed to sound like like no one had ever really played it like that before and i was like this is what it's supposed to be um yeah no for sure and um i even like you know i played with multiple people before really making the decision and we had another guy that was playing bass before drake was playing bass um and he was doing a great job, but I remember we were on stage at one point and um, I wanted to play a different song that wasn't in the set list and he wasn't ready to like make that adjustment. You know, mm-hmm. like he was like, uh, like, you know, he couldn't just kind of play on the fly. Um, but Drake, I've known Drake since. Uh, so when I first got to town, I like I said, I went to the farmer's market. Blast 825 Taproom was one of the first places I seen music coming out of. Noak was playing in there when I first got here. But I went in there because they were supposed to have an open mic. I was looking up open mics, so I go to Blast for the open mic, right? And the owner is there, and he's like, yeah, he was like, uh, I don't even really know what an open mic is or how to run one. And I was like, but you guys are advertising that you have it? And he's just like, yeah, we're just trying to get people here. And like, I just show up, and I'm like, well, like... I don't really want to sing the open mic. I want to like work here and like get paid gigs singing here. I went home and got my equipment, um, came back and played for like 30 minutes. And then I had basically residency there almost every Thursday or really whenever I wanted to be there or not be there. It was just a good relationship being able to come somewhere and get paid to play music. But Drake was working there, um, making food kind of like, I remember his eyes like attentively like paying attention to me like playing while I was doing my thing, but not ever saying anything, you know, to me really, Um, which is cool. It's a certain sense of, you know, being humble and, you know, just kind of like waiting for the right opportunity. Um, But the first time we played, I remember the owner was like, yo, we got some musicians that like work here. Like they'd love to come open for you before you do your own thing. And I was like, sure. And Drake actually just sent me a Snapchat memory of that two years ago. Two years ago. Like, oh, wow, that's maybe dope. just a few days ago. Yeah. And um, John Millsap, who plays guitar for us, was there playing with me as well, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, so D- Drake made his way in. So we actually, there was, we were hanging out for that party on top of Slow Brew Lofts. Yeah. Shout out Slow Brew. Yeah. Slow Brew Lofts. <laughs> All of it. So, yeah. Slow Brew has created some pretty it's, cool opportunities. That's it's true. For, yeah. us. for sure. I'm extremely grateful for Slow Brew. Um, but uh, I was like, yo, I got a gig the next morning at Luna Red. And Drake's like, cool, I'll be there. We hang out. We party pretty much all night long. 
I get to Luna Red. I'm tired. John's tired. He shows up. Doesn't even have an amp. He just has an acoustic bass, which is fine yeah. for the space. We yeah. don't really need yeah. to blast. But <laughs> honestly, nobody can hear that he's playing the bass except for us and possibly his family, yeah. who's yeah. there supporting as well too. Yeah. And just the fact that he showed up like with his with his acoustic bass and just like gave it his all. I was like, this kid wants to play, and he can play. Yeah, you know. Um, and that was really the genesis of him being the, the new bass player for for us. And when we played Sun Little, um, you remember they got off the stage, like the yeah. sound was messing up. So Sun Little and their band gets off stage. They start doing an acoustic thing. Cool. They get back on stage. Their bass player is being a prima donna. And Sun Little is like, is there anybody that plays? And before he says bass, Drake has the, the <laughs> bass guitar. So crazy. Drake has the bass guitar and he's just like... This is the Drake show now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I left Drake right before like, that happened, man. Uh, I wish I would have saw that. You, oh, you did, you weren't here for that? I left. Oh right my that. gosh. It was my favorite part of a show that we crushed. Even though we crushed it, my favorite part of the show was him yeah. stealing the show with the bass. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I seen didn't, that. I didn't know enough about him to be like, Some oh, little, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel out, you. you know? I feel you. So after we played, I bounced. But right, man, right. I wish I would have saw that. Dude. I'm so glad. Did John film it? I got the video. Hey, there's a clip. I don't know. Send that to me. So I can... Oh, I can. Sh- I'll definitely send it to you. Yeah, I've seen it, but that. Yeah, send that to me. He's like, is anyone that plays? B- <laughs> yeah, Drake's crushing it, and then the actual bass player that's being a prima donna gets back on stage. Like, yeah, give me my bass, bro. Like, you know, just kind of with that like demeanor, you know. I'm like, yeah. It was- and Drake's gets off stage, and I'm like, yeah, homie. Like, I'm just like super hype, like. Just being like hometown, like yeah. and we had connected it, stoked the world. Like it was just like we kind of just like kept yeah. going like this until it like finally like clicked. And we're still doing that, but it's it's beautiful more and more every time. I remember running off stage, running like <coughs> out into the courtyard, running, yeah, running, running, and just like whoa, yeah. like, like, like as loud as I could, yeah. jumping up, like clicking my heels together, running around in a circle. There's these magical mu- musical moments that you live for, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. they're like they're not few and far between because I've like made them a reality, but they're definitely like more of a rare rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, like I was really into Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh cards. You know, you'd open the the pack and there'd be a really shiny one. Holographic. It doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. So that was just one of those really like shiny Pokemon card moments where I was just kind of like on one i was on cloud nine just really enjoying that feeling that music can give you because that's the only time i've ever felt like that well i think you were just really you know like you were ready for that moment yeah you know like a lot of people necessarily aren't ready for that moment but you have prepared yourself for that moment so you could just be completely present but also just um really shine in that moment as well too which is really beautiful and was easy to see for everybody Mm -hmm. back to like the making opportunities like the application of that like the way the opportunity of the vibe setters coalesced for me was from answering the call Mm -hmm. because when son little asked if anyone could play bass right that That was was, that was a call that was an invitation through a threshold that I could have easily just kind of like, oh, he he didn't ask for me. 
I could have easily or just been like, oh, I'm in the audience. That's not a big deal. Right, 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 right. But there are moments, especially with opportunities like this, where it is directly being asked of you. Yeah. And I was, even though he didn't realize he was directly asking me if I wanted to get up and play bass, I knew before he finished that sentence it, yeah. that mm-hmm. that was a call and I answered it. And right. same thing with like playing, because we played on top of that hotel like right. that party that night the before. The actual party the night before yeah, Luna yeah. Red. We did. And I had played a set. Because you had a set coming on after me. Yeah. And I was playing before you. And I was like, well, you, you might as well just like, you know, play with us. And you play with me and Ryan. And that was the first time we'd ever played mm-hmm. together together. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Dante asked me, he was like, because he saw, had seen the show. Which the show, the the Sun Little show happened before. It did. The, it did the happen loft before thing. the loft, oh, okay. yeah. loft thing. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where like. We'd been like, all right, hey, let's see what's up. Mm -hmm. So because I'd answered that call, Dante called me Mm -hmm. to play with him for a show that I'd never played any of the songs. Right. I'd gone to his... Any of them. Any of them. Any of them, yeah. Once. Any of them. And I have another video of that performance, too, Mm -hmm. where we just just connected. It was just a wonderful... It was organic, yeah. And so... A lot of times with opportunities, if you set yourself up and you follow all the right things and you put yourself in the spot where an opportunity can be present, the final step is listening and answering the call of the opportunity. Because sometimes you can just be not paying attention. You can be boozing a little too much. You can Mm -hmm. be focused on a girl. You could be – your head's not in the right place and you totally miss that whisper of a call that was given to you. So – Keeping your ears open is very important. Mm-hmm. That's cool. There's a guy I listen to named David Shans. Um, he's an entrepreneur, and like he made his thing uh, selling T-shirts um, titled "Sleep Is for Suckers." <laughs> but uh, and now he like is a motivational speaker. He's on like Eric Thomas's team. He teaches people how to not sleep. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but his one of the things that like I learned that was like such a huge deal was he was saying that. For anybody trying to create anything, be committed and have your goal be the work, mm. not the reward. Mm. So a lot of times people say, my goal is to make whatever it is. Right. My goal is to do this and it's the reward. Well, for one, if you've never done that, if you never made that, then you might not know what it takes to make that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then on top of that, with so many factors happening, you're not in control of everything. So now the goal might not be reached. So now you feel like a failure or you're stressed mm-hmm. out or whatever it is. But the one thing that you are in control of is your commitment to doing the work that you say you're going to do. Mm. And so with that, like that definitely like changed my life. And so I remember seeing you at the open jam we played, and then I messaged you. It was like one thirty in the morning, and I was like, "Yo, if you ever need a drummer, like, let me know." Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, for sure." And then I didn't hear anything from Dante for like the next like eight or nine months, right? Nothing. Yeah. It's not and that I didn't need a drummer. No, I know, I know, you know. I, I get it. I understand. Yeah. It's all good. And then so like normally like a few years before that, you know, if I found something that like I really wanted to like be a part of or mm-hmm. like join. Oh, I would harass you. You would have you, you would impress me a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. every yeah. week. You know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, so that happened, and then um, 
New Year's Eve came and I was uh, filling in for uh, Sean and Brassmash. Yeah. And they were playing here. Mm-hmm. This is my first time here. That's so I'm true. like, this wow. is dope, right? That's true. And wow. I didn't know Ryan that well at the time. Mm-hmm. And I heard his name. I've called him Ryan before, but like, I needed somebody to say that's Ryan. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? right, right, right. Um, so he comes up to me. He's like, hey, that's Gerald. That's my favorite drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we do the show. And then at the end, New he, Year's. He FaceTimes you, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He FaceTimes Dante with yes. me on it. And he's like, I, you got to get him. He needs to play for you. <laughs> right. So honest, I remember that. And that honestly probably was the nudge that I needed to be like, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, I think that was two years ago, three years ago. Two years, I would two say two. Ago? I would say two years ago because we finally actually made it, put it in motion. It was, it didn't happen right after the FaceTime call, right? You know, like we talked about it for a while before it actually became a thing. Because um, Well Rock, not this past year, but the year before. No, 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 no. Yeah, Well Rock this past year. Yeah, was the like last, a, yeah. Yeah, Sun Little, like Well Rock. That was like our first gig. Sun Little, then Well Rock? Yes, Sun yeah. Little, then Well Rock. Yes. We have one gig between there. Okay. Oh, yeah, the, uh, that's where I met you. That's where I met you. That was the first the, time I ever the played. The field, the winery um, off of. Uh, In a field. The 101. Yeah, it Letitia? was that. No, not Letitia. No, it was the. Um, you passed the KSBY. It was the benefit yeah. thing. Oh, yes, like the, the Eco stage. Slow joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Carbon City did it as well, <laughs> yeah, too, right? Yeah. Yes, the Eco Slow yeah. event. Yes, 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 yes. That was before, was that before Well Rock or after? That had that, to be before. That was okay, before. No doubt. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I remember it was just, hot, but it was fun. I remember just being like, all right, I get to play with Gerald. Like, I'm waiting for this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, can't wait to like, that's yeah, cool. Because I never heard you play, but I do remember two people like, Literally looking like they were on skates, like gliding. Yeah. At the Sun Little concert. Right. When we were playing. Him and yeah. Brian. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. us. We yeah. were just yeah. like, we were still riding that Stoke the World. Like, dude, Stoke the World. Me. Like, it had this energy to it that, like, okay, nice. That just like, yeah. Just let your. I seen flag. it in your eyes yeah. when yeah. I when I like seen every time I seen you at Stoke the World. I was like, you just had this like look in your eyes that you were. It's it's just this beautiful just enjoyment of everything that's happening and like growing and like just like it's just a beautiful thing like that festival like energy i i loved that festival i just had great performances met some great people and just like we all did multiple performances at that festival yes yeah Yeah. john had did like five i think yeah i did a midnight show and the daytime show i had three shows Mm -hmm. i played with three different bands that was fun that's cool so if we were to tell a band, artist, musicians, um, new and old, like, it, I mean, it's very clear that, like, yeah, we do it because we love it, but also, like, people, you know, we put, we invest time. Yeah. Invest a lot of time, a lot of money in, you know, keep our gear up to date, whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Travel and stuff, because obviously we, I know I want to return, you know, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? Right. You want to come back. Yeah. You come back and do this again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, but what, what is, like, should be the real focus you know what i mean um is it to be committed to the work and then over time you just need to believe that the goals or the benefits of that will fall into place what do you guys think um i think that ultimately one you have to be having fun Mm -hmm. and like that's the that's the foundation the foundation of whatever you're building has to be built off 
finding a way that you enjoy doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because if you build everything off of that enjoyment, then you're going to eventually achieve like that pyramid of whatever you want to achieve. You can build it off of obligation. Like I have to practice to get better. But that's going to eventually lead you astray. I think that you have to find where you – you have to figure out how to enjoy practicing. You have to figure out how to f- find the people that you enjoy playing with. And you have to like be realistic with is this a goal that I can like put my things together to achieve and that I'll enjoy working towards? Because some people I – wa- I was watching this documentary with – Tom Brady. Tom Brady is like one of the best overarching, most accomplished football players of all time. Of all time. Man, that guy's kind of miserable. Mm. He works so hard and he's not happy with anything that's not perfect mm. that like he may accomplish everything. But but he's not happy with But much. you can just tell that like there's just so much like pessimism and negativity surrounding mm. that and I like to enjoy things yeah so there's a real realistic of wanting to get better and enjoying the improvement but also just kind of being present and having fun and playing with people that you enjoy and having those opportunities come from that because most of at least as the vibe setters from me playing in this group the opportunities i've gotten have come from just having fun playing good music and like I've put the time into like my practice because mm-hmm. I like practicing. Mm-hmm. So um, the effort kind of comes adjacent to that. It's it's important to know that like we're playing music because we enjoy playing music. We love playing music. And I think the most fun that anybody's ever had when we're playing music is when we're having the most fun. You know, um, the focus should be doing whatever keeps you happy in it don't drive yourself mad or insane over it because if you're not happy doing it then there's something else that you could be doing you know that might make you happy you know don't try to force something that isn't natural that isn't that you aren't getting fulfillment Mm -hmm. out of you know um so i I would say the focus would be like maintaining that that joy of wanting to revisit you know wanting to come back um (laughs) I know for me, I enjoy mm-hmm. playing, but it's something that, like, I feel like I have to, like, in a sen- and it's not in a sense of, like, I'm tortured by it, yeah. but it's just a part of me. Like, it's, yeah. no. it's my makeup, you know what yeah. I mean? 100%. It's who you are. Like, yeah. you were, I was actually just talking to a guy that I met, a bass player. He was trying to come for your job. I just met him. I've had, at, like, three or four people try to come for my yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, but I met him over at the Rod and Hammer joint earlier in the day, like, before they even started today. Yeah. And he's like, you got a bass player, you know? And But he was saying how he hasn't played, actually played with anyone in a long time. Yeah. Plays on his own, but hasn't, like, really played in a long time. Um, and I was talking about, like, I don't... Um, I, I, I couldn't not play. Like, I couldn't not play because it would be a disservice <clears throat> to myself mm-hmm. and be a disservice to humanity. I feel like if I didn't <laughs> share, like, the music that I have to share with people, you know? Yeah. Like, it just, it is who I am. And that's, that's, I feel like that's what I'm here for to bring people together through music. It's just like my way. Like, mm-hmm. I was given it, but I've also cultivated it and made it my way, you know? Um, like, kind of what you were saying about like i can't 
not play music. Like that's just kind of what I do. Um, would you say that you've had moments where pl- you're playing something you don't like necessarily want to play? Absolutely. Or, or that you're you're playing in a way that you know that building because we're talking like the the foundation for this in my mind was just like how do you continue that build for the growth Mm -hmm. like you want the playing to be fun but there's definitely times where i've played things i know personally where it's like i this is okay i like playing and i wasn't necessarily having fun not because of the playing like the playing was fun the adjacent like uh, microaggression relationship band part of it mm-hmm. was the part that I had to like assess and be like, was this fun? I mean, cause jumping on stage and playing notes is always going to be fun. Right. If you sound good. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> but like trying to like take that off the stage and be like, yeah, are these rehearsals getting things done? Are people showing up? Is there an equal level of commitment? Like, a lot of the fun gets sucked out in not playing environments of a band. Right, right. Um, in the environments where, like, you're, like, an environment not like this, like, basically, yeah. like, practicing in a living room or a basement. Or- yeah, like, being on stage, all the problems fade away and you have fun. And then you get off stage and you're like, oh, yeah, me and the bass player got in that yeah. thing. And, yeah. and so I totally get that understanding of like we were born to do this Mm -hmm. this is just something we do because we can't not do it Mm -hmm. i played guitar for six hours on sunday and i couldn't play yesterday just because i worked my hands to the point where they just wouldn't close anymore you gotta love it yeah (laughs) and uh we do and i think that's why we appreciate each other because Mm -hmm. you can just we all appreciate that we can hear the love um, each of us has for our instrument and our craft in the music we make. Mm-hmm. And that's a mutual level of like respect and care and uh, admiration that we have for each other, which keeps us like, all right, John learned that lick. That was sick. All right, I got to step up. And we just kind of like, it's like a subconscious thing, but we kind of can keep each other accountable and mm-hmm. push each other forward, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think like, you know, there's obviously some bands or even just like some gigs where it's like, I'm in it. I love to play, but I'm also in it for a check. Right. Right. Yeah. right, right, right. And then yeah. there's other ones that I'm invested in. Mm-hmm. Like the ones I'm a part of is the live service of Carmen city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am strictly invested in those. Right. Bands. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, it becomes bigger than just trying to get a dollar because we're trying to build something. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like when getting called to um, fill in, you know, they understand like, we know that you're busy with other things, Mm -hmm. your time and whatever, Mm -hmm. like we can pay you, you know, that's nice to be that that guy to get that call though. Yeah. Yeah, To to fill in. And I mean, I, I enjoy people in general. So like, I make friends. Uh, we end up being really good friends and having relationships. Mm-hmm. But that specific call is a job. A you professional know? call. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, so, um, but yeah, I think this was a really cool conversation. I think we hit a lot of good stuff. Yeah. 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 You guys have anything else? 
Um, mm. If I did, I'll tell you next time. Yeah. yeah sounds good. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah of course. Back on beat. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to this conversation. Um, I had such an amazing time. So I want to thank Dante Marsh again and also Drake Freeman. Um, for the future, if you're looking to collaborate or wanting to share some ideas of topics, please get a hold of me. You can email me at contact at If you listen to your podcast on Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and a review, that'd be highly appreciated. I want to take this time to say thank you again. Be safe and remember, victory loves preparation. And I'll talk to you guys again next week. Peace.